This podcast is presented by the Earth Hotel. told you that we're yeah. all in relative agreement on that yeah yeah welcome to whose turn is it where four well minus one because our fearless leader michael dotty isn't here but three semi-charming narcissists and uh before you get too concerned about michael dotty uh don't he's worry dead. he's 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 <laughs> fine we just we just fired him he, yeah. he doesn't we don't want anything to do with him anymore. He took his idea, his intellectual property. Uh-huh. He didn't get a trademark or anything on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a dumb move, Dottie. Yeah. You might, you might want to do that while you're taking what off for finals. We're running We're running from Mexico. It is <laughs> we're taking a show on the road. But we're uh, joined here by uh, two very special guests. I guess you could say they were our first fans of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Alex Kitson. Uh, I've been sitting in the background for most of these episodes. You've mm-hmm. probably heard my laugh. Uh, yeah, Josie? I am Josephine oh. <laughs> Kilcullen, and um, this you've heard the insides of my house. <laughs> the Titanic bunker. The, the Titanic, Titanic bunker. bunker. Yeah, yes. so, so we that's, were... That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We, we heard your request, and we're, we're listening, and so we brought girls. Girls! Yay! We're like, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, one specific twit, tweet. There's no specific tweet, but I'm going to act like there is because it's a bit. But uh, they said, uh, why are there four white dudes talking to me over the internet? And so we're like, you know what? Let's add a so little So why more. is this show every show? Yeah. Say, they probably get talked to by white dudes over the internet a lot. A lot, where's where's yeah. the cool internet that this guy's using? Oh. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, welcome, welcome, Thank gal you. pals. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm yeah. so happy to be here. Well, well, we're we're wel- we're we're welcome to have you here. We're in happy our home. for you to sit closer to the table than you normally do. Yeah, yeah. You're... We're not just laughing in the background this time. Yeah, we're not just trying to like smother our laughs in the background. Mm-hmm. No, you're actively participating. We let them sit at the table this time. It's great. Oh god. Yeah. Also, also, we're recording this a little bit early, but um, um, if you're listening to now in the future land, uh, uh, we made it. But um, <laughs> if you're hearing this, and if the world ended and you're hearing this, well then, God, please, um, uh, you delete my internet history. Yeah. <laughs> Send help, we're in the Titanic bunker. But uh, <laughs> if, if my calculations are correct, this is airing the day after Christmas. So, happy holidays to all you uh, goons out there, whether it be your Hanukkahs or your Christmases happy or your Kwanzaa's. satisfactory seasonal... Satisfactory seasonal celebration. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Was editing that today says it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you're still with us after our last episode, oh yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. You're, yeah. so, you're so patient. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Alternatively, if there are a lot of episodes out and they're listening to them backwards, I'm sorry about next episode. Might want to. I'm not. I'm never. Uh, yeah, I will I'm, never apologize for that. I, I, I did while we were recording. Yeah, <laughs> it's our. It's I our, do uh, while I was editing. <laughs> I have our, multiple apologies on that one. It's our magnus opus. I, I feel yeah. like I'm it, pretty sure that's. It is our. Ma- 
Magnus Opus? It's Magnus Opus. Magnus Opus, you're right. Magnus Opus. Where'd Magnus from? Magnus Opus. Magnus Opus. Latin. Magus Opus. Okay. I'm sitting next to a Latin major, and she's shaking her head, saying, yes, that is how you speak Latin. That's not what's happening at all, but... What's your favorite Latin phrase? My favorite Latin phrase is actually the Vene Vidivici phrase because it's actually pronounced Winnie Witty Wiki, which is like oh, way so precious. So like that's my favorite one because like if you pronounce it correctly, it just sounds so funny. Say it again. Winnie Witty Wiki. Ooh. Winnie Witty Wiki. I love that. People should whisper like that to babies. Ricky Tabby. Whisper that to babies and see if they get like. They grow wings and have wishes coming out of his eyes. If they begin to conquer, yeah. Yeah. But uh. There are first actual legitimate guests on the show, and so we're actually going to like kind of put the wheel in their hands. As opposed to those fake guests we had before? Yeah, as opposed okay. to the fake ones. Right. that had the ghosts. Um, but Hey, who was the secret secret member? Tan. 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 Tan's still here. Tan's always good. here. I'm glad he's still here. Tan's <laughs> always here. But, no, uh, I carry <laughs> So this episode we're going to have like a, a kind of Breakdown discussion. Uh, we've kind of given some advice over the past couple episodes about your NPCs and your world building and lore and getting the game together and finding out your system. But we kind of want to open the floor in the forum to you two to see if you guys had any questions for us and like kind of have a discussion, an active discussion recorded instead of us just talking like the narcissists we are. And before we get into that, uh, we should probably, uh, you guys, if you'd like, um, describe your experience. Yeah, tell us your stats. Oh, yeah, tell us about Give us all your stats. Uh, All of my stats? I need to know your dex, your strength. (laughs) What is your armor class? Oh my god, you're asking me D&D questions. I don't know that system well enough. You have to ask Savage Well, now we know that much about your experience. (laughs) (laughs) you, yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty new to the tabletop world. I started playing... New to the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I started playing in Wes's Mist campaign. It's been mentioned before. Uh, when did we start? Like, what? True, August? that was August of last year. Yeah, August of 2016. And if you're anyone keeping score at home, Miss is the Victorian Gothic. Yeah, yeah. Victorian yeah. Gothic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was my first tabletop game I played in. I remember my first session super vividly because... Wes tried to do several solos with me, and I just stared at him, just mm-hmm. blankly stared at him, and he was like, do a thing, and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, you do what you want to do, and I was like, I don't know how to do that. It was a very daunting experience overall. The uh, first session I showed up to, I showed up incredibly hungover, mm-hmm. and just sat silently for probably the first half until I got drunk enough to talk. And then yeah. you like, then you just kind of became your character. It's amazing what a little bit of alcohol will do. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, alcohol, it helps. Yeah, um, cool. But since then I've played in a bunch of other campaigns and trying to get my own game off the ground for, like, what, five months now. Yeah, so, do you yeah. want to tell them what your game's a little bit about it? Uh, so it is a game uh, using the Savage World system, but a little bit homebrewed. It is set in the Harry Potter universe, because if there's one thing I know, it is Harry Potter. I know it very well, and Dottie can suck my dick. Um, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Dottie can suck her dick! Dottie can suck Alex's dick. Okay. But that's fucking cool, though. It's like a Savage World's, like... 
Harry Potter conversion. Like that's pretty. That like, she's homebrewed too. Awesome. Like she's like she's like taken some stuff and like melded together and made it her own. And, and you've like sent me like like st- you sent like all of us like stats to like review and like look over and like I'm not super Harry Potter guy. I'm trying to get there in my in my late thirties, early forties that I am now. It's, you're, it's worth it. You're a fifty seven year old man. That's <laughs> <laughs> an elf years. Forty two. But. Um, <laughs> So I've been anyway. Like she's she's about it. Like I'm I'm impressed by the effort she's already she's already put into like constructing that like yeah. game. The the experience of building the character for that game and the whole dynamic with the wand is honestly one of the most interesting like character building things I've probably ever done. Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you. I'm not gonna lie, I did put a lot of work into that. <laughs> yeah, it was just like tons of Pottermore, and then like <laughs> people wanted to use different woods that J.K. never talks about, so I had to like, kind of look woods? up. Kind of. Uh, who was it? Who had a weird? weird wood. Shelby weird woods. had a weird wood. I don't remember what it was because I've been doing this for five months trying yeah. to set up what just the cat. cat. The cat. <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. Let's put the cat back up there. Okay, good. Okay. Jinga. <laughs> but yeah, Shelby ended up using a really weird wood. Dottie wanted to use a weird wood, so I had to like look up the lore of different woods, which is something that I've literally never cared about in my life. Um What? Come on. Wood lore is like you I mean, a lot out of Harry Potter. No. I don't know much about it. Well, I think about wood lore most of the time. I believe it. <laughs> wood lore. I don't know. I feel like Josie probably thinks about it more. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. And while we're on that subject, Josie. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as playing goes, um, my first campaign was actually in a uh, uh, client's game, uh, his Evergrey series. Um, how long ago was that? Um. Mm, three years ago? Two years ago? Two it's and been, a half. It's been more it? than two. So, hey, yeah, I've been friends with you guys for about two years. For those keeping so. score, Evergrey is the is the gothic high fantasy Savage Worlds game that I ran. Anyway, go on. I just want to keep all the games straight. Yeah, I feel like people right, are going to start catching them. I think it might have been maybe three, maybe a little over three. I don't know. Around like three years ago, yeah, I want to say. We'll say three. So I was but in anyways, that one as well. Yeah, um, as far as uh, DMing goes... Um, <laughs> um, I was pouring water for myself. Disclaimer: That's that's water pouring. Mm-hmm. Not pee. Yeah, it's not pee. Pee. did not just pee on the microphone. Not pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that yeah. kind of podcast yet. I said it yet really weird. I'll never be able to do that again. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so I've DM'd a handful of uh, Ultimate Werewolf games. But aside from that, yeah, um, yeah. aside from that, um, I ran one game that was kind of just a one-shot set in my own personal, um, like, universe. So, um, I'm currently working on, um, like, a handful of different art projects. They're all, like, different visual, like, sequential art, um, a couple of, like, comic books and stuff. Um, it's all set in the same fictional town in South Carolina. Um, and so one of the stories that I've been working on for a while is it's um, what I've been calling the familiar house and it's pretty much um, like a like a halfway house for like wayward familiars so pretty oh, much that's really cool yeah, I think you told me about this idea. at some point yeah, yeah. so um, it's something that I've been wanting to write mostly as either like a comic or something like that but I have kind of been looking into turning it into like a tabletop game at least to like 
flesh some stuff out just as like more of a collaborative effort for that story but pretty much it was really interesting i think the most interesting about it is all of the characters or i would say maybe the majority of the characters are like small animals so right. like you're playing as dogs, cats, bats, rats. Frogs. I really loved my character in that game. I played uh-huh. as a rat who could turn into a swarm of rats. <laughs> nice. Holy crap. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Favorite character. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. What did you guys do in gaming this week? This is a, a thing that I want to keep happening because I think oh, it's really yeah. important to know that we're we're actively gaming. Ooh. Uh, this week. This week or the you know the past two weeks or whatever. Well, last night. And Wes, you did this as well. Um, built a character in Deadlands, yeah, which is a, yeah. a very it's so it has a lot of basis in, or it's very similar to Savage Worlds, but it has a lot of additional additional rules. stuff. Yeah, uh, in particular, instead of the five stats you have in sta- Savage Worlds, Deadlands has ten. What? Yeah, ten yeah. stats, and stats. and then also you get your stats. Instead of from rolling or or a point by system like in Dungeons and Dragons, um, you draw cards. Oh, is it like a mini game? It's I mean kinda. It's it's just like you draw twelve cards and it's kind of like the the dice rollings the 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 roll system in D and D, where like you roll that's where you roll four dice and then take away the lowest and that's one of your stats. Yeah. In Dungeons mm, and okay. Dragons. Okay. Uh, this is like you draw twelve cards. And each one of those cards is associated with... Um, like a value? Yeah, basically. And uh, you draw 12 and then remove 2, except if you drew a 2, because usually, obviously, you would remove the, the two like least valuable ones. But if you draw a 2, which is the least valuable you can get on anything, um, you can't take it away. Oh. So yeah. you have to... Uh, you, Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was a really interesting building system, I'm, I'm really curious about how it's actually going to play uh, once we start doing it, because it seems it seems a little complex. It seems complex. It seems intensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I built the characters It's a thing, it's a, it's a supplement to Savage Rules. Not supplement, but it's yeah. like a... Well, uh, Deadlands eventually... To, to what I understand at now is that Deadlands actually eventually became a supplement to Savage Worlds, but wasn't initially. It was based on the system, system, but it is technically also its own system. Oh, okay, so it is really complex. Yeah. What about you, Clyde? What have you done recently? What have I been doing in the game world? Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, that sort of dovetails, I think, into a topic we'll get to, actually. But um, I've been having, like, weird cold feet with, like, like, Mm role-playing, getting back into it. It's been, like, a little... Like a little while for me, I guess, but yeah. like I don't know. It's just like I, I wrote up a. I've been writing a D and D campaign, and I started working on something very particular. And I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say it. I wasn't telling you what it was, but I was working on a dungeon for the game, and and it's for like the sort of the tutorial part of it. Mm-hmm. And um and so I wrote a lot of it, and then I used like a like some like I used all these different tools, and I kind of rewrote it multiple times, and was like, oh shit! And eventually came to the realization there's no like. One good way to do this. Mm-hmm. This is like this is dealer's choice. Yeah. Like there is no set way to do this. And so after that, I decided to scrap everything I have and start again with it, and just like sort of like do it very naturally with the tools I have, mm-hmm. and see like what I come up with. But like I've been also just sort of like I don't know, maybe using that as an excuse to just delay getting back into the game, just because I'm still sort of like 
I don't know, am I ready? Do I have the chops again? Do I know enough things about the game? I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's nerve-wracking. Josie's giving Klein a lot of looks while he's, while he's saying all of this. Yeah, describe the looks you're giving. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly just raised eyebrows, but in a non-aggressive way. <laughs> she raised both the eyebrows it was, at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Okay, Josie, uh, what have, what have you done recently um, in gaming? For the same campaign in question, um, I've been working on my character. All right. Um, it's been fun. Um, it, the the backstory in particular is something that's been uh, pretty interesting, just because I've been like pretty much as long as I can remember in like an academy. So it kind of gives me more of like a boundary of like okay, this is, you know, you've been in here, so, but I've, I don't think I've ever had that experience of creating a character with, like, that kind of, like, boundary around my backstory, which is great. Mm. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah. But it's been interesting. So. Yeah. Very cool. Who, who would have thought I would have made a game that set a players that, inside that of a ta- school? That takes place in an academy? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that <laughs> idea came from, Floyd Klein. Man. Goodness. I'm, I'm full of a whole variety of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex? Did you have any? Uh, I haven't done much like in the last week, but since I've never been on the show before, I'm just going to kind of stretch back a little bit further. Uh, I ran a successful solo session for my campaign, which I'm su- not a solo, it was a duo. It, it was, was duo. Wes and Dash, and it actually went well, and that was really great. Actually, I think it was after we recorded the first or the third episode of this. Like, I got super inspired and went home, and then we ran the session. Yeah, I was probably too drunk to be running it. I think it was the third one. Yeah. The third episode, yeah. 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 Um, so I did that. Um, we, I'm in Dottie's D&D game, so been playing that. Honestly. We're playing really, tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was B-Team tomorrow. That's yeah, a, no, I have that question. Team. When is B-Team playing? I have no idea. Oh, fuck. We'll he talk said to something to us recently. Yeah. I don't know what Dottie says. Dottie, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what you say? Dottie. 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 As soon as you get this message, tell us what you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I have recently, like, I've been delving into Roll20. I've kind of shelled all of my other projects because I've been trying to branch out a little bit. And, like, not necessarily with my core group of friends because I'm all familiar with how they play and stuff. And I kind of wanted to take my craft and see how it looked to strangers. Yeah. Because I... I, Strangers. Yeah. (laughs) He's going out on the street. (laughs) Street D. Wesley Cole. Street DM. So... I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a, a, a business card that says that. Street DM. Try me. At me. Um, But, uh... No, um... So... I... It's well known that I uh, Twitch stream. You know, under the handle of the Shred Pirate Roberts. Uh, <laughs> Got it. Don't call out my plugs if I'm being smooth with them. Uh-huh. But um, there's a Discord. It's an app that you can have for laptop and uh, phone. But it's a it's how you can chat and video chat. They just added video chat, but a voice chat with people that are like you meet through like Twitch. It's a gaming centric chat uh, hub, pretty much. Uh, and I have met some people through the the beauty of streaming the Ooh. internet the internet that um any, any any new romances we should know about no 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 um no 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 i i am um, moving on uh, <laughs> i don't want to talk about my personal life over the internet no um talk about later but um 
I've like I've met some people that want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, well, we can play Dungeons and Dragons. We can play another system. They're like, no, we want to do Dungeons and Dragons because it's our first time, and the whole group is all newbies and so I had to sit with them and I had to make no no it's actually really rewarding uh, they might actually be listening to this at some point that's disgusting uh, but, uh, learn to play the game before you come to my game <laughs> but uh so we're doing it through Roll20 because we have somebody that lives in Canada somebody that lives in California you know they're all across the the, the world um but or North America I was about to say yeah. you only listed North America <laughs> yeah they're all across North America but um so I'm also Building my first fantasy world, like like it's high fantasy like from the ground up. From the ground up. Oh wow! Because I was looking through, I was like, I want to use Faerun. We'll use D and D and everything like that. And I was like, No, no, it's so this this roll twenty is pretty clunky. We'll talk about it once we talk about roll twenty later. But like out of combat, it's kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. So as I was looking through the supplement that I had, like I, I had a supplement downloaded, so I added it into it. And it's Horde of the Dragon Queen. Okay. Uh, the the Tyranny of Dragons set with like Rise of Tiamat and stuff like that. Right. Uh, uh, it's a pretty um, pretty aggressive like entry level. Like you start from level one and it, it's a, it goes up to level fifteen. Oh, uh, that's campaign. a pretty long campaign. Yeah, yeah. and um, like it's really aggressive and like really for more experienced people. So I was like, I'm just gonna take portions of this like like dungeon ideas and stuff like that and like maybe the random encounters that they have in the book but i was like i'm just gonna have those as like supplements of like ideas if i do a dungeon or something but i'm just gonna make my own world and so i have started doing that and it's worked out pretty well so far i've got like the calendar worked out i did the simplest calendar i possibly could there's four months 120 days each and I was just like, there you go. It's an easy year. It's an easy year. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I've started building my own I, w- I want to add, um, I like that you're, like, expanding your services to people outside of, of this circle that we've, this echo chamber yeah. of role-playing. No, we must keep on. the bloodline pure. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's like, I, 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 I showed a lot of my projects because I wanted other people to be able to GM because I, I, I personally felt that I was, like... Taking up because I, I killed Shino Tereda and I immediately went into Mist of White Chapel season two, mm. and I felt like with how our time is, we don't have a lot of time um, to do things uh, or get together as a group. So we have to like be very specific. I was like, I'm just gonna back out, and then having the internet at my fingertips when I'm not playing normally has allowed me to do this. So I can just have like pickup games with D and D, and and spread the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well done, everyone. That was the first segment. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone, for talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, as far as structure goes, this is an interesting one because I think the only one who took notes was Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. So, Alex, what did are you we did about? you want to like toss out a question? Um. I'm just going to draw on something that Klein already brought up, the uh, cold feet issue. Cold feet. Yeah, which, as I mentioned earlier, my Harry Potter game, which I am very excited about, I do love, and I know the material really well, has been trying to get off the ground since May, I believe. I think it was a little later than that. I think we started talking about it uh, during the summer 
Like it may June, have been July. like June, yeah. early July, because yeah. I was planning on trying to get going in August, and here it is halfway through December, and I've read... And I've read a whole Harry Potter book in the time that... <laughs> <laughs> wow, just make me feel a little worse about <laughs> it, man. I've been into it. But, uh, um, basically, how, like, when you ran your first game, did you experience any of that kind of, like... I don't think I'm really equipped to do this, so I'm just going to keep saying I'm doing it, but then not do it anyway. Good question. Feeling. Yeah. Um, I'll start with by saying that my very first game, I don't think I did. I was too sort of arrogant and being like, oh, this is awesome. This is just storytelling. Let me just do this. And if I don't know the rules, I can just ask the guy who's been playing this game for a couple of years what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And I've only just started like a month ago. That was my first game. I, I really just saw it as an excuse to tell a story and make people pay attention to me at the same time. And I feel like that's <laughs> what Dungeons & Dragons is. And so, yeah, I wrote like a whole campaign that I would still love to actually like play with you guys and see if I could actually make it fun as like a good DM. But, um, <laughs> I'm always down. Yes. We'll, we'll think about it. Um, what do you guys? What about you guys? I mean, the first... I did solo sessions before the first session of Mists, uh, which was like my first like homebrew campaign that I ever did. Like I'd run some campaign modules before with different systems, but like Mists of Whitechapel was my baby, my firstborn, and um, so I did at like I did solo sessions beforehand just to kind of get used to the system of running it because I'd played it before in Dash's um, campaign, right? An yeah. artist. Um, and so I wanted to get used to it, but also wanted to get comfortable with the players and like get to know them and how they played. So I, I would have that knowledge already. The night of the first session, I got drunk. <laughs> like I, I like I Is almost that, threw were you up. Drunk? Were you that was a I really was brilliant session. Yeah, I, went, I, I didn't drunk. realize if, if you were. I was hammered. <laughs> I was hammered. As, as dashboard was shot, I feel like there's a weird like recurring theme here with our yeah. DMing stuff. Well, alcohol, yeah, alcoholism and, and DMing go hand in and, hand. And, well, this thing is, is like <laughs> after that, like, and I've had some sessions where I was a little bit too drunk, but like I try to refrain from drinking from mine because yeah. I know that I I can get. Sloppy and ramble on. That's actually something else in my notes. You're a professional. Yeah, I, I try to be, uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, it's, you can drink if you want to. It's your no. room. It's your world. But no. um, you should know. I would that. actually like to have a whole topic once one day about like substance use in games, in games. and gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like I was a nervous wreck, and then everybody got there. We had we had beer and like snacks and everything, and. Having them be comfortable, having you guys be comfortable and like in high spirits really helped me like get over that first hump, initial hump. And then as soon as I started the session, something just clicked and I got yeah. into it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like you do your first NPC voice or you, you like, you voice yeah. your first NPC and then you're like, oh yeah, I've got this. And like you see how people react to it. And then that really helps you. But you just have to get over that first initial push. Yeah. Get over the hump. Get over the hump. Interesting. I would say for me, uh, so a, a technically no. I don't, I don't think I've ever really had a cold feet situation so much. Oh, yeah. Phones probably shouldn't be on. Mine's Sorry. not on vibrate. It's mine. Uh, Dottie was actually just sent a question for you. Question. What does Dottie say? Let's read it out loud. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Dottie has a question for you guys. Uh, here's my question for the girls. What would attract you to a certain game, even if you're unfamiliar with the game system or lore? 
Like, what would attract you guys to a game? Well, I mean, I've played Savage Worlds and Dark Heresy and D&D. I think that's it, right? As far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both Dark Heresy and D&D were Dottie's games uh, that... Honestly, I really just started playing them because I felt like I knew Savage Worlds pretty well, and I felt like I was a strong enough player that I could handle a new system. I still prefer Savage Worlds, I'm not going to lie. Like, Dottie, your games are great, but I like Savage Worlds more. To um, Dungeons and Dragons? Mm-hmm. Was Dungeons and Dragons or um, Dark Heresy you're talking about? Both? Both, Both yeah. Of them, yeah. I've okay. only played either with Dottie as my DM, and... Uh, Mostly for me, it was just the whole, like, this is a new system, I want to try it out, I feel like I have Savage Worlds down really well, then I tried to start running a game and realized I did not, in fact, have Savage Worlds down very well. But, um, I don't know, just kind of the, the, the lure, the, 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 gloop, gloop, Yep, the gloop, gloop, gloop. I don't know, just like the appeal of like learning a new system and dealing with like more traditional systems, especially since mm-hmm. I started out with Savage Worlds. I know, Josie, what do you got? So I feel like uh, maybe slightly different. I feel like if I'm like drawn towards the story of the game, I don't really care what system it's in. I mean, I'd be willing to learn anything assuming that I'm interested in the story, you know? Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, especially with the Call of Cthulhu game that keeps getting thrown out as mm-hmm. an idea. Um, it's definitely super interesting because I feel like that's a cool story. I personally don't enjoy the world system that Dark Heresy is set in because it's incredibly complicated mm. and just so much to learn right off the bat. Um, oh, it's established lore that's been established for the past fifty years. It's a lot. Of yeah, lore. it's yeah. a lot of lore, and it's a little bit overwhelming coming in. Like when I was playing my character, I was mostly just like, "Okay, uh, I'm just gonna do a thing and hope that's the right thing," because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dottie, stop messaging us. We're recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dottie, stop messaging. You're not, you're not really. You're not helping with this process by messaging in the middle of the recording. I'm just not, be here, Dottie. I'm not going to edit, edit this out, so so you can learn a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely the story. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really like. Obviously, certain systems are more intimidating than others. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not the lore is established, or if it's more complicated, whatever. Um, but. I mean, if the story sounds really cool and, you know, there's, like, cool, like, evil sorceresses or, like, some cool... Sewer witches? Sewer You're witches. very good at sewer witches. Yeah, yeah. Josie likes sorceresses and sewer witches. Okay. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with, like, you like what you like, man. Like what you <laughs> play like. what you want to play. I, mean, I play rogues and dandies, so <laughs> I can't really talk. I've been, oh I've been, try- I've, I've, I've been trying to It was Archetype is coming out. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. Westcott? Uh, bard or tank. That's bard? it. Like, I don't play the magic users. The tankish bard and the bardish tank. <laughs> well, I told Dottie that I might multi-class uh, Belkis into a barbarian. 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 That's what I told this. I love it. I told him I was going to do it. I think that's actually awesome. A tank is with, like, bard-like support. Mm-hmm. is such a good idea because really good. I'm tanking, but I'm also... Singing, singing a melody. I'm also Tell putting people everybody. to sleep and healing while I'm t- chopping dudes in half with an axe. That's like mechanically like, cool and like narratively cool. Yeah. Best class. Really? Yeah. Best combination. Tank yeah. bard. Anyway. Well, <laughs> I can make you fell into that one. Okay. Thank um, you. 
Klein, what's your uh, go-to archetype? Your class? I don't know. Help me. <laughs> I think you play like. From what I've noticed, right, you almost like cleric paladin kind of characters. Oh, more. I love tanks. Yeah. Oh, I do love protecting my friends. Yeah. Like even Aww. like wasn't even Glenn kind of like a cleric paladin almost? Uh, and Glenn was like the generic JRPG hero class. Like he could do a little bit <laughs> of everything. The jack of all trades. Yeah, like the jack yeah. of all he trades. He was well, he was the he was the High hero class a little bit of magic. He was the hero class mixed with uh, pacifist Deadpool. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. his concept was it sounds really hot topic y and so I kinda cringe. But he's kinda like this weird like Doctor Who, Deadpool, uh Link like mashup. Yeah. God, yeah. Say. Yeah. Um wow. he, he he can just <laughs> in a blender. his power basically is that he's canon and everything. But um everything else extends outward from that. Yeah. But basically he just goes his name's Glenn of the Realms, he goes through the realms, um and Dash. You you were you were so good to trust me with that power to just go through realms and not break the game. You got it, it, honestly when you when you gave me the character concept, I was just like, this allows me to explore some lore that I wasn't sure I was going to get to. So here we go. <laughs> I mean, I got your permission to have Glenn show up in some of my games. Yes, like, Glenn's kind of the link between Glenn's canon like, and everything. Glenn and then also the Toms, which is not the same, <gasps> but there are the Toms. Gwen, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think at this point, Gwen's, Tom's, and Amy's have all sort of become... Gwen's, Tom's. Oh, oh my god. god. I forgot about Amy for a second. Why yeah. too long since all of them? I think that your role in tabletop... I think that your... Um, your I'm trying to think of how to say this. But pretty much, I think that uh, your desire to be, like, to tell a story and to, you know be that storyteller transcends like an actual class. <laughs> yeah. So like when I'm a player I want to be a DM. Is <laughs> I mean to be fair you were Amy. You created Amy. Yes. So and yeah. which was the villain of mm-hmm. my Alma Grove game. Uh, so I mean yeah you kind of <laughs> you, yeah, you, you created like a Glenn, wild card. You created Amy like Charlie? It, Charlie uh, Davies and oh, Alma Grove? Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. I kind of like to be. I like to be thought of as a wild card. You are a wild card. Oh, like, you're basically the way you, yeah. like when you took over for Alice and Miss, uh, and then yeah. just like had this like you were just the worst psychiatrist. God, that was ever. the worst. I, no, uh, I've played some dark characters, and it's kind of like made me unwell. <laughs> 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 Atlas and um, oh boy, Charlie, 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 Charlie. Charlie. Oh, Char- eighty. Oh, yeah, Charlie. I love Charlie. Anyway. You would. So, wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Wild card shithead. Yeah. Played a lot of shitheads. Yeah. Okay, well, so have we got any other... What's what's our next yeah, let's, question? Let's keep choking them down. Going back to the, the cold feet question, yeah. what I would like to know is, given the choice for starting a game, would you rather have overwritten your campaign or underwritten Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I personally believe that you should overwrite. In in the sense of like, have stuff prepared, like have different uh, avenues prepared. Mm-hmm. Don't railroad overwrite, but like have enough like because you can never expect what your players are going to do, where they're going to go. Yeah, real quick, let's just make sure we're clear on the question. So you mean overwrite is in terms of like overwriting the actual first session? Like the, the session specifically? Or do you mean just the world in general? 
both. Both. I guess. Both. Okay. I just mean even the entire campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I, I guess what I mean is, um, you know, like from my very little experience and from what I've heard y'all talking about, it's like you as you could write as much and go into as much depth as possible, but ultimately in the end, it's like up to the players what happens. Absolutely. So it's like. You know, you would you? I guess would you rather have over, have written too much, and not you know? I guess for someone who like, if I were to start, you know, a new campaign, would I be better off writing way too much and then just kind of seeing where it goes, or just not writing that much and then seeing just either way, seeing where it goes, but have little written or too much written. I see. Uh, personally, I'd say um, in terms of the world itself. I would say probably have too much written mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because, especially if you're creating a new world, uh, have yeah. have a lot written so that you know there there's always a consistent logic mm-hmm. to the world that you've created. Awesome. Uh, it also looks cool when you a player asks a question about the world and you have an answer prepared. Like you have yeah, a right. look on your face, like oh, I'm glad you asked that. That's a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. The campaign cool. itself, I think you should. Definitely write a direction you have in mind, mm-hmm. but um, just be aware that you know it it could change drastically. Uh, and I feel like I don't know. You you definitely can very easily end up overwriting that, and I think that is a fault that a lot of game masters are going to run into. Is there's a good chance that you're going to think that your game is going to go in a very specific direction and it probably ultimately won't yeah. or there's like a 50 or less percent chance that it actually will um, so I do think overwriting the campaign itself uh, can be an issue I mm-hmm. think kind of make your outline rather than specific event by event kind of information uh, but as for the world itself I'd say Write the fuck out of it. Awesome. Yeah, you should have like the, the bones of it, but let your players, like you and your players, kind of develop the meat. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Awesome. Like, because the best moments of the story are going to come out mid game. That's just for sure. They're yeah. always going to be character moments, which no DM can actually yeah. really fully prepare for. I mean, you can prepare for it like pre session, yeah. but you can't prepare for it when you're writing the campaign because yeah. you don't know what you're players characters necessarily are going to be like or what they're going to do in certain mm-hmm. instances yeah. yeah i actually think that's really interesting that you brought it up everyone's responding the way they are because i feel like my main issue with getting my game off the ground is that i don't have enough written mm. i know the world like the world is established it's the harry potter yeah, universe and i know existing. it front and back and mm-hmm. anything i don't know i can find very easily but like the solos i've run the thing is, everybody's created such really interesting characters for the game that I honestly feel like they can kind of do whatever they want and it's still going to be a good story. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I'm having trouble getting it going because I've, I've underwritten it. Well, maybe like, that's good. I have like a main yeah. villain kind of set up thing, but I don't have a specific goal for the party in mind outside of, you know, getting rid of the villain at some point. Because we haven't really even met yeah, like the whole yeah. like mine and Dash's character just met in that duo. Literally session. met at the end of the session. Yeah, but yeah. legitimately, Alex, like the sessions that we've run, the solo sessions that you've run for me. I mean, you have an understanding and you perform excellently. It's just, I think you have to get out of that that sense of of, and I understand it because I've been there. I want this to be great. Yeah, I want everybody to love this. I want this to have 
it to be as moving and as dynamic in people's lives as yeah. other games that I've played in. I do feel like during my sessions, I'm like, oh my god, this is going so well. Like, mm-hmm. I just made up a character, and this is a funny character, and... You know, I make things up on the fly, then of course I'm at least a little bit drunk while I'm doing it, so I have no notes. <laughs> so the next session mm-hmm. I'm asking my players, hey, what happened in this little what bit that I forgot do? to take notes for? Can you remind me what this character's name was? Which, that that's just an issue with me drinking too much. <laughs> so, um, I actually think either is fine, and you can, you'll, like... It really doesn't matter. It really depends on the game. or underwrite. Yeah. I, I would think it really doesn't matter. Um, like, I would say write as much as it gives you joy. Because, like, mm-hmm. you must have a reason for telling the story. Yeah. So write that. And then, like, write everything that you wanted to do down. Like, to write what you're compelled to do. And then just yeah. run the game. And what's more important is you be prepared after the first session and the following sessions to twist up your style of DMing and the game sort of drive that you've sort of put in it already to reflect what's actually happening with the player's involvement. So it, it really doesn't matter what you write before you begin. It could be little, too much, either way is fine. But like, what matters is like how you change focus and you know entertain your players the best going forward. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Let's, uh, let's keep them going. Let's see. What note do I have next? Oh, this is a good one. Uh, recovering from a bad session. Ooh, okay. speaking of. Speaking of, so there's not really a good first session. Are you about to accuse me of a bad session? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, most first sessions aren't particularly good. Oh. Unless you're experienced DM, like... Cyber Mist didn't count because we knew what Mist was already. Yeah, yeah. Season Jack two, for it. Yeah. yeah. But think, like, well, maybe first episode of Shino Trader was a little slow, but then it picked up. The first part, the cool part was me and him fighting. Yeah. But then, like, the first session while we're getting up pace and getting to the, before we get to the bandit town, was like a little slow. But that's like while you're still, like, building it. Yeah. And, like, the first episode of Artists that I can remember was a little slow, even though it was action packed. It was a sort of, like, hiccupy. First episode of Evergrade was very hiccupy. Well, the first, se- the, the first session of your party of artists, I feel like. Was definitely more hip, hiccupy than the other one. That being said, I don't have anyone from that session here to corroborate on that. But um, but yeah, I think you're right because a first session is always going to be you're trying to introduce the story mm-hmm. and you're trying to basically get all of the players into the right place. Yeah, and, because players are always going to have way different backstories, right? And yeah, and you've got to. Get a lot of exposition and like mm-hmm. housekeeping to wade through. And I don't. I'm a DM who doesn't like um, doing like having games where all of the characters, like they're all in a bar and they all have to. Which that did kind of happen in your game of artists, but yeah. uh, but I generally don't like the idea of like they're all just recruited at the same time. Yeah. And they're all you know just doing a job together because they were all recruited together in the same space. I'd rather. Th- characters meet each other more dynamically and so that's a reason that um a lot first session that's that makes first sessions a little hiccupy like you said because if you're trying to like sort of herd people toward each other sometimes Mm -hmm. that can get a little complicated and players don't have their hooks in yet they they don't know their their character is yet right and they're getting used to playing with each other too yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah but so um, don't expect a kill on your first game. Just get it over with. But how do you recover from a bad session? Yeah, this yeah. is. I mean, this is going over like maybe 
the the target you're trying to shoot for for that se- session that kind of missed or there was drama in it? is that what you're kind of saying like like what what how are you what are the parameters of a bad session in your opinion okay well yeah. the whole game I, th- I feel like there are a lot of different ways you could like say that wasn't a satisfactory session yeah what I'm particularly <laughs> talking about is a time that I got massively drunk and introduced a whole bunch of characters I didn't want to introduce in Dash's solo session and then had to essentially redact half of that because it made no sense and then start from scratch with a storyline but then also including any time where you felt like your players weren't engaged Mm-hmm. Or like you were losing control Ooh. of the storyline, or you just didn't feel like you did a good job in your performance. Like, what do you do in your next session to kind of recover hmm. from? Those are three questions. Yes, I think, those are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think in terms of recovering from that kind of thing, it's really just pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Because if your players are still willing to play after what you or they perceive as a bad session, it does mean that they are at least invested enough that they want to keep going and you're invested enough that you want to keep going and bad sessions are going to happen yeah and and like your mileage may vary on that but bad session quote unquote could be just a mediocre session mm-hmm. where there was no major plot development uh you didn't, your characters didn't really get anywhere mm-hmm. or as you were mentioning you know sometimes a plot point that you'd kind of built toward might end up falling flat. Uh, And that's always really unfortunate, but as long as everyone is still invested, I think it's just a matter of, okay, this was a a bad session, but you You keep going. You get left drunk next time. (laughs) That is also a... The drunk point I don't really need an answer for. I get that. I was too drunk. But like... We've all been there. If you've already started them in a certain direction and you feel like it's not going a good direction and then you have to, like, do you change it or you just keep going with that? That's that's the beauty of being a GM is that, like, if you feel like it's going a direction that you didn't intend for or, like, it's it's going the direction that you intended for but it's not sticking how you want it to, you can introduce any number of things at your disposal to divert that path or to spice it up a little bit. See, I think the surprise is like what one of the reasons you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Just the spice of the game is just like being like, oh, like do you have a specific example? Because like I think when a story doesn't go the way you expect it, that's a good thing. And I'm trying to think of situations where I'm like, oh, I need to get more control uh, over it. Like maybe just like too much goofing off or something. I think the only specific example I can give off the top of my head right now is from Mists. Yeah. Um. When we went to that like voodoo lady shop. Oh, you went to um uh not the voodoo lady shop. Uh oh yeah no uh you were in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, when we were in New Orleans, the New Orleans storyline just like I felt like you got pretty frustrated over what we were doing in it. When we blew up the church. I died before we blew up the church. I there died was a in session, New Orleans. Like, that wasn't in New Orleans. That was in the the shop. That was still in London. The shop. Is what she's talking about. Oh, you know, the shop wasn't... No, because y'all were under... You were in underground New Orleans because y'all had to find out where this guy was that oh, you I were totally tracking down. Was, we were, no, we were in London. No, you know, because Tom... Because Tom Sawyer and Jim were there. Mm-hmm. Satan shop. Okay. All right. That's where I... Or not Tom right. Sawyer. Huckleberry Finn and Jim were there. He, like... They were, they were the guards. I think, I, think it was just, the, I think I'm just confusing what we're talking about. We might be talking about two different shop situations. 
Or was it talking about the lady that was like it was underground and the lady had a shop and a hut? Yeah. And like y'all had to get readings. Yeah. Yeah, that was in New Orleans. I don't remember. I don't think I was. Part I don't of that remember session. this. Was yeah. I part of this? Yeah. Because that was leading up to the whole blowing up the church thing. But that because, session was phenomenal. That's how you guys found out where he was, was through that lady. I just distinctly remember... Oh, oh, yeah. I, oh I remember that part now. Okay, yeah. I could completely I believe, I'm sorry. like, <laughs> the way the time worked out, we had to leave off on just a really, like, we did nothing kind of note from it. But then we came you back guys and just blew got up the church. There was, was a laser great. involved. There was, yeah. there was a laser involved? Yeah. Right. The railgun. That yeah. was that was the next session. That, that yeah, was the, the rail, next session. Yeah, that happened. The, and I remember now. I remember, I remember because things. that was right. We, you, and I had started bonding more as characters. We bonded, and then the, you killed. And me. then I killed you. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the best Which decision is what I, I could do as a DM because you guys went to Germany to Frankenstein's castle before, and I was like, oh, Frankenstein's castle. He's developing stuff with lightning. What's the best thing that I can give them for them to make a terrible decision? A fucking railgun. <laughs> railgun oh was, and was I, brilliant. No, and I guess I'm kind of answering my own question because, like, the session where we were in the shop, like, it felt really, like, meh. But then the next session was you blowing up the church, me going insane, half of our crew dying. Like, I think, I think you kind of expect us having a bad one every now and then. I think well, players even I don't, sort I don't, of expect this yeah, to happen. Yeah. And necessarily slow sessions aren't bad sessions. Because there are sessions that are like downtime sessions where you have to like buy things. You have to find out like players need downtime sessions. That's, That's the thing point. is like because No, if, cliffhangers. Every game. Cliffhangers. I did that for the first time. I did that I did that a lot. I need some sort of action to top it off or some some sort of event. I need right. some sort of interesting thing to yeah. be like, hey, watch the next episode. Yeah. We were talking about Pretty Little Liars earlier, and they use that very effectively. It's a terrible show. <sighs> Don't watch it if you have watched it. I watched four seasons, and I'm sorry. No. But they did this thing where, like, at the end of every episode, it would just be like, give you just enough to be like, oh, well, now I have to watch at least the first five minutes. Well, well you can you can do that even effectively. You can leave cliffhangers even in the middle of downtime sessions. Because a little bit of like a snippet of like they're like they're going through, they're selling the loot that they gathered, they're buying new things, they're like meeting up because like sometimes you have to go back to your bar or the places that you upkeep. Like you, and then at yeah. some point towards the end, you can have somebody roll a perception check and they see somebody staring at them from across the street. And then the person notices that they're noticed, and they turn around and walk off. And, like, you can drop entry yeah. in it's downtime episodes. It's a good time to bushwhack players when they're, like, at home and being comfy. Like and they're like, comfortable. It, yeah. there's, there's no, like, plot happening, and then you surprise them with plot. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I've been accused of, of uh, never letting there be enough downtime because I <laughs> always have cliffhangers. Season two <laughs> of Artists, it was just like, boom. Boom. Okay, we're going here. Okay, we're on a ship. The ship blew up. Okay, we're yeah. swimming to shore. Okay, now we're in the shore. Now we're had to go to the season temple. Season two felt like a survival situation. I season, loved it. Season one felt like we were just like a, a traveling, like roadshow of situations happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, season two of Artists was very like dense and. No, you have to survive every situation I'm throwing at you. <laughs> yeah. Everything is life or death. Go. <laughs> we had some downtime in between. Like we, we had, had a, we did a Suicide Squad. Yeah, I remember we had just seen Suicide Squad. And we're like, Let's do a Suicide Squad, and so we oh, went it's to, a bar. Went and to a bar, off. and everyone yeah. was like mean to each other. 
It's Suicide Squad. Oh, that was good. I, I don't compare me to Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, well, you, you didn't write like a Suicide Squad right. scene. We just call it that. Yeah. And then acted it out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, the thing that you can take away the most from um, that, like having a quote-unquote bad session, is that you just have to push through. Right. And have some drive, and you have a whole tool at your disposal, a whole set of tools at your disposal to... Just one tool, actually. You have just one tool at your disposal. Oh, it's your brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and friendship. Uh, <laughs> two uh, tools! You have two tools! Uh, but yeah, you can, I mean... Two tools. To, to spice it up, if you feel it's getting lax, have a surprise attack and ambush. Ambush is always good. Always ambush. Always have, ambush. Have an ally turn bad boy. Yeah. That NPC that they've been following the whole time... Turns out that they're a bad guy. They're or somebody's family. Or they're not even a bad guy. It's just kill like a parent. Kill a parent. It's like they're Show not up. even a, like an antagonist, but they're like they're just a bad person. Like it's an NPC that they're like, okay, yeah, I don't care that you're trying to stop this evil guy. I don't care that he's trying to stop you. I just want your stuff. Put put an animal, child, wench, male or female, in, in peril, and <laughs> then they'll like, yeah. get him back. Make, have it make sense though. Don't just like randomly do it. No, randomly do it. Just oh, no cat. <laughs> through the cat again. The cat keeps falling. For the See, record, animal in peril at random. Mm-hmm. We have Intrigue. a small cat. toy cat yeah. figurine balanced upon our microphone right now. For so oh, whenever yeah. if I wanted the audience to think we had a real cat somewhere uh, that we're not. Cut it. Just cut me out. Just cut me. Cut Alex out. Damn it. Out of the whole episode. <laughs> Damn it. Do we have a? Did everyone get to answer that last one? Uh, I feel like we did. Yeah, we, I think that we, we vibed on that question. Good. Yeah. yeah. Josie, you got a question? Do you want to look at my list? You got another I question? <laughs> no. If you had any, what if you had a question you wanted to ask? Um, I personally would like to know about um how you guys go about writing like your bosses, just because something mm. that I encountered whenever I did my uh my last game is just. Like, I felt like I really didn't have a good boss. You know, like, it, it was it was just, like, a small... Like, when you say boss, do you mean, like, villain? Or like, just, like, bosses in general? You like, mean, like, a both. battle? Like, a battle. Like, a boss like a, battle. Yeah, yeah I mean... In a session thing. So, like, something bigger than, like, oh, you're in the woods and now there's wolves, but not but not as big as, like, the ultimate villain. I love just that you like use the guys. phrase "boss," though. That's so cool. Because uh, I, I just love that phrase. Well, I mean, I mean, it's perfect. It, it was, it was, it was really have, accurate. You have yeah. bosses. I mean, like, we have bosses. Video games. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it was yeah. totally. I'm not saying it was accurate. I just like it. How I do it is I, I level them up just like a normal character. Mm-hmm. I start them at zero, and then I'm gauging like how long it's going to take the party to get to them. Okay. And then I level them up to like where it's a little bit just past where they are because there is like four or five of them mm-hmm. or seven. And so I, like, level up the person, like, the boss up to their level, and then I gauge how many people there are, and I level up that much more oh. to make it challenging. Yeah, that's that way the way you if every, yeah. every game system should have a, a small section where they describe how to, like, do the mechanics to a appropriate A generator, like a boss okay. generator. Well, cha- yeah, they give you the instructions just how to make sure you're... Yeah, balanced. Honestly, I never even thought of that before because I've only had like major battle, one major battle in my life. Savage Rolls doesn't yeah. matter, though. Savage Rolls doesn't do that, but uh, D&D does matter. have it. They have the CR rating, mm. the, the challenge rating. I found Savage Rolls does have it just to clarify. 
clarify. It's, it's, just, it's not needed because that okay. was crazy. Yeah, I, I I found a um, a template online that I use for all of my bosses in Savage Worlds, which you literally you can find by typing in Savage Worlds boss, boss template. template. <laughs> uh, like it's gonna be one of the first documents that yeah. comes up. And it's 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 basically just a system of like, okay, here's a creature. Now here's all the shit you can add to it to make it stronger. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I do for the majority of my bosses in and that game. I actually made some bosses for Evergrey, mm-hmm. and it was actually one of the few fights that actually went exactly like I thought the fight would go. Mm-hmm. It was like a square off between two parties. Yeah, and I I made the enemies very like scaled to your challenge level, mm-hmm. like yeah, one, like pretty much one to one. And then I realized as we were going, I was like, I gotta scale these back more because like. No one was really like spec'd for combat, and then like no, yeah. one, and a lot of players didn't really know how to utilize combat. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so like in the in, in on the fly, I had to like dial back the mm-hmm. bosses, and I like sort of record the changes I was making to their attacks, just to be reasonable for like what they were actually. Chino Tereda, like you guys had leveled up. You you guys had had your characters mm-hmm. like created so well. That the first boss that you guys came with, and that was a arousing defeat on y'all's part. But like, not at all. Yeah, yeah. It'll, y'all, you guys were like novice. I think you just had like five experience points, right? And he was just seasoned. Yeah. Himself, but all of his underlings were like, except for one of them, his lieutenant. Um, Wait, was this Brandy? Well, this is when you were Brandy the Brandit. Brandy the Brandit. But um, <laughs> but they were all just like extras. You can kill them. Like yeah, you just right. hit them. But, like, he was just a seasoned player, and because there was seven of you. Yeah. And so I had a lot of them, and I thought you guys would be tactical about it. Whoa. I was going to say, that was less of a mechanical fail and more of a just, like, some people don't want to have a strategy. And they just want to run in that because they think they're invincible. Yeah, if that, if that's, that's a, that's... That's an instance that's, I think we're going to talk about when we talk about bad players. That, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is nothing that happened to the people that played in the game sitting at this table that was yeah, other yeah, yeah. people's decisions. I've never... Well, it was probably one of the most pissed off I've ever been about a game. Yeah, I do just not. Just because we finally if, got if, to the boss fight and someone just... If your DM or GM <laughs> or whatever you want to call him, Keeper for Call of Cthulhu, shows you a boss and you have a chance to like attack, sneak attack, a bandit camp... Do not just run in. Do not run into the fire. Yeah. Which is what happens. Yeah. So. There's uh, also a bomb involved. A bomb. So to, to continue on the point about bosses, though, yeah. it is. Let's get out of that hole. It is a very, um, it can be a very fine line, I think, as, as we've sort of pointed out, is that you run, you do run the risk of either making them too weak or too strong. And I find that uh, you're almost honestly you're going to run into that problem at least half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely run into situations where I thought I had specced out the boss in a way that was really reasonable for the fight, where it ended up being way more challenging than I thought it would be. Uh, and in other instances, I've had boss fights that went completely limp uh, way mm-hmm. faster than I expected them to because I had not really accounted for the amount of challenge. It's yeah. not really about the numbers and the challenge rating sometimes, as it is what the Characters do, yeah, and like what the enemy created is weak to, right? Like, what, it, like, because you can have a, like, you can have a lot of characters that are like really experienced at you know social combat, like charisma based characters, right? Mm. But then like a high AC, it's just like oh, it's, it's pointless. But then even just like different characters are built to, you know, 
dish huge damage, and some are like smaller damage and stuff. So you really just gotta look at what like weapons your, your characters use and, and what your what your players are capable of. Basically, it's it's really always gonna come down to that. Ultimately, if you want to be really narrative, you want to include a detail that like makes the boss you're, they're fighting either stronger or weaker to something that like one of the main characters does. But it has to. It can't be something obvious. It has to be something they figure out. Yeah, yeah. You want to reward them for yeah. like. Actually, I actually had a question to expound on. Uh, expound, yeah. Expound on Josie's question. Um, so, Klein, I've never run. I've never been in the game that you were doing. But for Wes and Dash, um, I feel like there are some bosses you guys make that are meant to be bosses, and there are some bosses that could be bosses, but are also very. <clears throat> excuse me like story relevant Mm -hmm. so the characters are more likely to either I feel like in our group we have this habit of avoiding fighting big bads because we're like story we want to hear the story um, I was just curious if you had Not different me. Things. I'm trying to shoot them in the face <laughs> and every time you think of a different reason why my bullet in their head doesn't kill them you did yeah, yeah you did do that yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but I was just wondering if you had a different way of building what you would consider a story based villain that you need to have present but keep around for a long time as opposed to just a pop up beast of the week kind of mm-hmm. monster well, I don't do a lot of Beasts of the Week, honestly. Yeah. Mo- I, I love I love you that. You did that Me worm too. in the desert. Yeah, I think I think the worm is pretty much the only example of that that I oh, can really God. even think of. In re- I mean, I, I, in other games, not ones that you haven't played in, I've had obviously like just random bosses. But most of my bosses usually are narratively important. Um, I pretty much. In every arc of my games, I do try to also break it down into smaller arcs that have smaller yeah. villains, uh, building up to the final villain of any given arc. Um, so those sort of supplement as the bosses throughout up until that point. Yeah. And I think, Wes, you do kind of a similar thing. You, The game that I played in with you, you had several different storylines and arcs that had their own individual bosses, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, the list... That that, right, yeah, that yeah. Norton gave you guys, uh, and there was multiple ways y'all could go about taking care of those too. Like um, you could do it through negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when y'all went to Germany, y'all could have had a huge combat, but you guys avoided it right. for the most part. You yeah. guys were stealthily t- teleporting everywhere, and and like and that's that's when I'm even more proud. Of, of my players um, because every boss is a p- potential to be a story relevant boss you can make even a monster of the week boss a story relevant boss um Shino Tereda the uh I think all your the, bosses should point to whatever the bigger bad is right like, yeah they don't have to be in direct reference to but they should all like point in that direction I think I'll, they should all be part of this one story and there's a reason you're using um, what I'm doing with this D&D campaign is I'm going to have, like, bosses that I'm doing for Roll20. I'm going to have bosses that are story-relevant. But also, monster hunting's fun. Sometimes people want to hunt a giant monster because it's fun. So have that available. Um, but always keep in mind that that monster could come back and be story-relevant. Okay. Uh, that you could You could always use that. Uh, unless they unless they they kill the monster, the, but you could have the actions of killing that monster come back and haunt them. Yeah, there's always a story opportunity, uh, even if it's just a like a throwaway boss. Well, the the and the villain um, for the early part of the game of artists you guys played was 
originally a semi-throwaway character. Mm -hmm. He had a plot-important thing he was supposed to do, but then he could have died in that fight and it would have been a problem. It was actually the fact that that character survived Mm -hmm. that I ended up developing him into your antagonist for for a certain period of time. Yeah. Uh, And that's... That's always something that can happen, is coming up with new bosses on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, or new villains. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would also say, you don't necessarily need, like, bosses. Like, that's sort of like a... I don't know, you can have different, like, levels of, like, enemies and stuff, but, like, that's not, like, a prerequisite to having a game. Mm-hmm. I think but, some um, games require it more than others, I would say. Some combat-heavy games, yeah. which was, what I was getting into is, like, if, if your game's, like, combat-heavy, you, you do kind of need, like, bosses to, like, come in and sort of, like have, like, a climax or whatever, like... Humble your player. Dungeon yeah. or whatever you're Yeah, doing. or dungeon or, like, something. But, like, if it's a social game or if it's more social or, like, event-based or role-play-based, mm. you can even just have the same villain coming in and combating the players the entire time. Like, the main villain. Because I don't yeah. think you need a whole lot of villains, but you at least need one big bad, one big problem. So if it's a social game where the villain can't just be killed by an asshole player like me, then you can just have them come in and, like, duel the players with wits or in the event or try to get one over, like, intellectually over the players. So that's something I would recommend is just try playing with the one big bad. And if you're new to the, new to writing, make sure you just have the one big bad at least. Like, you need you need a world and a problem. And those are the only two things you really need, a world and a problem. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Curse of Strahd, but the D&D uh, module, yeah. uh, Curse of Strahd, Strahd, the main big bad of that villain, shows up four di- different times throughout Is the campaign. Strahd a guy? He's a he's a vampire lord. Oh, cool! Yeah, it, it, I've always wondered who Strahd it's was. It's like Strahd von Berovich or something like that. But he like he he owns the land of Barovia. It's okay. a, it's a separate part of Faerun. That's like covered in a fog. But he's a vampire lord that has this town, all these towns in this land under his like grip. There's like not really any other monsters except for like there's some wolves and vampires. So it's like Castlevania. Yeah, it's very yeah, Cas- it's it's based off of Castlevania, but. He shows up four different times and antagonizes and fights the party. I literally said the last recording that I want to play a tabletop Castlevania. There but I understand this is these are for your internet friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so small technical question. Um, one of my main issues so far, even on the sessions where I wasn't like massively drunk trying to do them, um, was taking notes um, because I have a pretty notoriously bad memory. And in order to take notes mid-session, I would have to be like, wait, hold on, and take like 30 seconds and like scroll some stuff down. I was curious about how you guys handle remembering like specific characters you might have introduced that were like kind of off-the-cuff NPCs, or how do you take notes? Ooh, on the fly? That's a good question. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, I got a few answers to that. What about you? Yeah, I've got a couple answers. I just got two. I just do. <laughs> I was expecting Dash to say that because Dash, you don't take notes for the most part. You no, just remember I, and then go back yeah, and you, write. Uh, I, I I write notes uh, post session usually, or or yeah. at the beginning of sessions. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I don't take very many notes mm-hmm. either. To be completely honest, I am just really good at remembering the story, and so I uh, 
Yeah, I'm not really the person to ask on this one. I just I just remember it very well. Dash, when you're older and you're in a nursing home, your Alzheimer's, if you get it, is going to be so much more fun than a lot of other people's. It's going to be a lot of artists. Because you're just going to be like <laughs> acting out artists in the nursing home. Yeah. If you oh get dementia yeah. or Alzheimer's, which is a very serious thing. I can't wait to be a old and playing D and D in a nursing home and forget that I'm not my D and D character. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I'm not my D and D character. Do you guys all want to be in a nursing home together so we can just... we got to make sure we're in the same, same nursing, nursing home, home so we can we got to make sure playing. that like, if we have kids and when they finally put us in the home, yeah. they put uh, us in the same home. I have to write this in my world right now. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll go through and do it. But yeah, um, how I do it is um, I usually... Sometimes I don't, but most point I uh, use my handy-dandy cellular device and I record the sessions. Yeah. And then I um, go back and listen to it and then I write down notes. Or... If I'm not recording it, I'll just have my notebook out, and I'll just make either shorthand or I'll just write down a name and then an arrow, something like like very shorthand, quick notes. I won't write out full notes, and then I'll go back and write out full notes. I remember notes you afterwards. recording like other people's games and stuff, too. I right? was recording other people's games like because uh, so I could remember for my character. So, so okay. I could be in character and not stopping and writing notes down while I was playing. That's the mm. best. Also, oh, man, that's a good technique. I like that. I'm going to rip that off. And it's also really cool to go back the next day and I'm walking to work and I'm listening to the game the oh, night before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like my own actual play podcast. That, oh, it's my nice. own private Man, actual play I need to do that. I spent the first like uh, uh, game I was a character in ever, I spent the majority of the game taking notes, mm-hmm. which is going to be great for y'all when y'all start to play because I'm making it into a scrapbook. Yes. Nice. Awesome. What does Klein do for notes? Klein... <laughs> have, um, okay, so I have a laptop, and um, I have a program on my laptop, and it was worth every penny. It was called um, it's called Scrivener, and it's a program for writers. And uh, but you can just sort of like make your own thing as you go. And so every every everything I do has like like a sort of a document, and then mm-hmm. there's like this lets you make like folders and like put all your thoughts together. Yeah, and so like. Like, I'll pull up one, and, like, here's, like, just one campaign, and I'll pull up another one, here's another campaign, and then it has, like, all the notes, and, like, everything's grouped together, and mm-hmm. it's, like, it, like, help me as a DM and as, as, like, a writer and stuff. So, like, get get you a program that lets you organize the way you take notes really yeah. quickly and keep them together. I'm very digital. I like to have everything in one place and, to pull, and like, well. pull it up. I don't like having a lot of papers up, because I lose papers, and they mm-hmm. get damaged, and that makes me sad. I do, like, <coughs> tangible things, but, like, I find this is more... Uh, I don't know my style or yeah. see it's more all the notes I all the notes I do take I do I just do on Google Docs yeah. mm. uh, and but literally most of my notes are just uh, on characters on yeah. like player characters so or where I do all this, the the stats for enemies and things like that but uh, but I mean Google Docs is perfectly acceptable as well it, it, it's an easy way to organize it um, you can do yeah. files and stuff like that for just individual games and things like that I mean I I. When I'm running a game, I just like to have the screen, my dice, maybe a small notepad so I can write initiative out if initiative comes into play, if combat comes into play, and then I have my phone that like controls the playlist and it has my own little notes and stuff like that, and mm. it's recording, um, and you know I can always go back and write it. See, I'm thinking about um, I have a second monitor, and I was, I'm thinking about like incorporating that so I have everything I need like in front of me, uh-huh. and then if I ever need to like show something, I can just like scoot Point over to this, yeah. mo- like yeah. scoot over this monitor, everyone like can a map see, or something. and like I put up like 
maybe character sheets or like player character sheets or just like a map at least you know yeah um, that's a pretty basic idea but like I've been experimenting with that more and more yeah. and toying with that we um uh, there, there's a great thing also like using uh, offhand that I found out the other day because uh, the people that I'm doing this Roll20 campaign with they let me know because I was like oh man I'm going to have to make a map I have to draw on a map and they're like there's this wonderful little website called www.incarnate or incarnate it looks like incarnate incarnate.com and it's a map maker yeah. Awesome. And like you can like have big maps and you save that separate map and you can scroll it down oh, and it has yeah. icons for like towns and stuff. Nice. Like so you can make smaller like because I have the world map and I, I'm gonna go back and do continent maps and then nice. It really doesn't matter like what you use as long as you're working with the tools that you have and the tools that work mm. for you. As long as you're just sort of running the game. It is important to have how, whether you remember it and go back later, or you just take it down to the session. It's it's very important to take notes as a GM. Yes, like oh. you, you like. To be fair, I did record two of the solo sessions I did, but mm-hmm. then just couldn't work up the nerve to go back and listen to them. Gotta yeah. get over that hump. Ah, yeah. So uh, let's kind of close this out with uh, questions that we, the the fellas here, have for our guests, our girls. Um, what I want to know personally is is like a GM to player uh, something that uh, something I want to know from you guys that like I might not have the courage to ask up before or after because I want to be all knowing but it's something that I, I like I have to deal with a lot and it's it's starting with the first session is um, when you're making your character. And you guys are like you're, you've come up with this concept, and you're making the stats and everything, and you're thinking of your own personal backstory in the back of your head. How much do you like? Would you prefer for your GM to help you shape your backstory, or have you craft your own backstory and then plant it into their story, or them give you a backstory? Like, what is your preference? With games, like how to fit you into the world. Yeah, Um, I personally would not like for a DM to give me a backstory. Okay. Um, Personally, I mean, I'm certain some people would probably agree with that, but um, I think the first two are probably, you know, what's best for me. I mean, with our most recent game, whenever uh, we were playing in Cyber Mist, um, I know. I sent you, like, a, a good amount about that particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just going off of, like... I know I, I think there was a little bit in that story that was kind of, like, tied into that universe already. But um, I think definitely, like... A collaborative effort is really cool, and I like that. But, you know, I, I definitely think one of those two options is for the best. Uh, personally, for me, it depends on the system. So, for instance, when I played in Dark Heresy or even in the D&D game, I don't know much about those systems. I don't really know much about how they work. So, having the onus be on me to come up with a backstory and somehow make it fit in with this world I knew nothing about mm-hmm. was very difficult and honestly kind of made me less interested in the game because I didn't know enough about what I was doing to come up with a good backstory for it. So, it was like... I kind of just went with my stock characters, which is a small red-headed person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> typically my stock character. Yeah. So, but for games um, in Savage Worlds, which I know so much more about the system, I really like 
making my own backstory, coming up with my character, coming up with a backstory, and then taking it to the DM and being like, is this okay? Does this fit in? Is there anything I should change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I definitely appreciate that ability to be super creative mm-hmm. about the character that I'm trying to learn about and become attached to and play as. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. That's definitely important because you do want your players to be attached to their characters. You want them to care. But I do feel like if it's a system where you don't really know much about the backstory, Mm -hmm. more GM assistance is appreciated. Yeah. And and, and that I think that really comes to the players that you should yeah. go to the GM and be like, hey, I don't know a lot about this. Can we sit down and like yeah. just talk? Yeah. And, that was actually going to be my question. Okay. Is how essentially how much of the lore would you want dumped on you? I mean, yeah. how much of it do you yeah. want fed to you Good before question. you build your character? I really think it depends on the character because, like, just for an example, with uh, my artist character, like. You didn't give me any lore, but it was because, like, I'm, I live in the woods. I'm feral. Like, right. I would know anything. Right. So don't tell me anything. Whereas, like, you know, other stories or other characters, it's like, okay, tell me everything you can tell me. Right. Yeah. I personally, as a person, I always want to know mm-hmm. more about everything. Oh, yeah. But when I'm starting a new campaign with a new character, I want to know the basics of how the universe or the world setting works. Bullet points. I want to know where my character fits in as far as, like, socially, hierarchically. Hierarchically? Yeah. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. If yeah. it doesn't exist, then now it does. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's now existing. Um, like, give me enough background information that I can make my character believable. On that note, um, alright, so, it's been a good, good session, good... Yeah, good little good multi party multi party session. We all had a good we all had a good talk. Um, Just a good talk, a good chin wag. Like, comment, and subscribe if if you like. (laughs) Yeah, um, if you agree with the things I said. Be sure to check out the Rebrew Network or the other shows. We just added a new show, uh, Soda Poppins Pop. Pop so Podansky or Popensky or something like what that. Is that? Uh It is two guys. Uh, I don't have their names on me. We'll probably do more plugs later. But uh, they uh, drink a soda and they review it on their podcast. Oh, interesting. And they right. started with Sam's Cola, and oh. it's great. Wow, it is great. Okay. See now that you say that because I'm like they're just reviewing Coke. That sounds stupid. But Sam's Cola. They start with oh, we Sam's, can talk Cola. About Sam's yeah. Cola. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Plug better. Well, no, no, it's 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 it fits our format. Um, y'all seen that <laughs> SEC jerks? Y'all know about those shows with the Rebrew Network. But uh, go ahead, get, subscribe, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, contact us on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, ask us questions. Let yeah. us know what you want to hear. Interact with us. Yeah, we love you guys, and and Not we want me. to know that you guys you love us. Tell us what you want us to make. We're we're whores, and we're doing it. For yeah. Money, oh so yeah. Just yeah. Uh, just you know trying to get that nature box. So uh, <laughs> whatever's gonna get you to give us a hundred dollars a pop, we'll uh, we'll do it. I'm gonna get on that me undies train. Like I want them undies. They, they send they send you undies. I know. There's That's a lot of like Facebook is like. Have you tried these out? Because they are great, like everywhere on my page. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, now I'm kind of convinced I should try them out because yeah. apparently they're great. Well, you know what, me undies. We're so you hear this, so... contact us. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will sponsor your undies. We're so or yeah. my undies. We're so willing to be. Loot crate. I will tell literally everyone I know about me undies. Yeah. 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 Nature box. Audible.com. Give me more Audible credits, Audible. <laughs> I will. I will whore myself out because I need the audible credits. I don't give a fuck about Audible, but let me say Squarespace. Squarespace. I'm gonna yeah. get up on that Squarespace train. 
Give me, give me, give me some URL. Actually. Who does a uh, who's, who's Post Mr. Us. Sunday Review do uh, the the shirts? Oh, uh, I don't know about the shirts, but I know they do Mac Weldon. It's Mac Weldon. It's Mac Weldon. Yeah, they do Mac Weldon. I need, I need new shirts. So mm-hmm. Mac Weldon, if you're hearing this, yeah, Mac Weldon. We, uh, I need new shirts. God, this just oozes capitalism. Okay. <laughs> It's a good time for capitalism. It's a good time for capitalism. I'll sell my ass to Mac Weldon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Wesley Franks. I'm Dash Holman. I'm Klein Martin. And ladies? I'm Alex Kitson. And I'm Josephine Cocullen. And this has been Whose Turn Is It? Whose turn, turn Is It? Whose turn. turn Is It? I like how you got like that sultry voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I was great. like, God, it's just episode of Whose Turn Is It can be found on Facebook and on Twitter at WTIICast. Produced in association with the Thunderhunks Collective and the Rebrew Network. Find them on Facebook and wherever you get your podcasts. Music by Alex Norman. Follow him on Twitter at Dare Diary Online. Special thanks to Alex Kitson, Matthew O'Brien, Josie Gilcullen, and Tink Edwards. This has been Whose Turn Is It? Thank you for listening. <laughs>